All right, good morning to Shalom Church. And for those of you online, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us again this, on this Sunday morning. Can I have a show of hands? How many of you were at a grace retreat? Hallelujah, hallelujah. And for those of you online, if you're at a grace retreat, you type, I was there in the chat, okay? I trust that out of us, we have a blessed time, a greater intimacy with our Lord, and of course, a deeper fellowship with one another. And thank you for joining us back this morning. How many of you are aware that this week is the, actually the National Family Week? National Family Week. I see some hands there, right? It is an annual event uh, to celebrate and to strengthen family bonds. So how appropriate today it is that we're starting on a three-part sermon series on family and sexuality. In this series, we will be, taking, uh, we will, we will be talking about imaging God in family, imaging God in our marriage, and also in parenting. So today, I have the privilege of starting the first installment today where we will examine how we can image God in our family. And the title for today is Imaging God in Family. And the big idea is God desires us to relate to our family as fellow image barriers. God desires us to relate to our family as fellow image barriers. We all know that children sometimes ask very difficult questions. So one day, a little girl asked her parents where human beings comes from. Any parents here had a question before for your children? Well, the mother replied, God created Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve had children. And their children had children. And eventually, that's how we got here. Not fully satisfied with the answer, the little girl went to ask the father the same question. Where do people come from? The father thought for a moment and answered a bit differently. Well, long, long time ago, there were monkeys. These monkeys evolved and over millions of years, this monkey became human being. This obviously confused the poor little girl. So she went back to her mother and asked, Mommy, Mommy, you said God created us. But Daddy said we evolved from monkey. Who is right? And the mother replied, Darling, it is very simple. Your father was explaining his side of his family <laughs> while I was explaining my side. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, church, that was a joke, right? The Bible says in uh, Genesis 1 that we were all created by God in His image and likeness. So take a quick look on the one on your left and on the one on your right. Do you see God's image and likeness? I hope that's a loud amen. Hallelujah. Well, every human being is a God's image. Michael Heiser said this, we are God's representatives on earth. To be human is to image God. We are to reflect God's character, His attributes in how we relate to our friends, our colleagues, and our neighbours. We are to share the gospel, uh, the good news, and proclaim them to those around us and even to those in the nations. But today, perhaps, the question for all of us is this. Apart from our families, for, apart from our friends, colleagues, and neighbours, 
How have we imaged God in our family? How have we imaged God in our family? Or specifically, how have we been relating to one another at home? And we are not talking about relating just to believers at home, but also to our pre-believing family members because they too are God's images. Perhaps for some of us, when we talk about family, we can imagine a gathering in our living room or dining table. As we sit over there, we share stories, we share laughters, and even challenges. But maybe for some of us here, we can only recall constant quarrels, fights, shoutings, and even silent war. Sometimes you may feel that it's so, it's so much easier to love and relate to an outsider than our very own family members. I'm not so sure how many of you can identify with that. But the truth is this. We image God by how we relate with our family members as fellow image bearers. Humans as God's imager are created to be relational in a loving community. We are created to be in a community, not to be alone. However, sin has profoundly disrupted human relationship in today's society. The Straits Times reported that more people are making police reports on family violence since 2020. And just last month, there was a proposed bill to the parliament to boost up, uh, pro to protect, uh, to boost up protection for family violence victims. In fact, the Ministry of Social and Family Development investigated more than 2,200 new family violence-related cases last year in 2022. Think about it, church. There's six new cases each day. One is really far too many. And the National Anti-Violence and Sexual Harassment Helpline received 10,800 calls last year. I did a math. That's average about 30 calls a day crying for help. Imagine that, 30 calls a day. Instead of mutual love, trust and respect and protection, there were violence, there's fear and there's hurt in the family out there. Church, God desires us to relate to our family as fellow imager. It may not be easy, especially when a family unit may consist of uh, our family of origin, our biological parents, our biological uh, siblings, or it may include adoptive children or even uh, extended families staying together, such as your in-laws, your aunties and uncles, or even your cousins, and so on. Relationship can get a bit too complex, get a bit quite complex when all come together to experience life as a community called family. Everyone has different personality traits, unique strengths and weaknesses, specific triggers, different backgrounds, and also your boundaries. Well, but church, God is the one who created families, isn't it? So let us go back to the Word of God and take a look at today's scripture on how we can and we should relate to each other in the family. Turn with me now to Ephesians 3, 14-19. Reading from verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. From Paul's prayers in verse 14 and 15, Paul alluded that every family in heaven and on earth is named from our Heavenly Father. What does name from God means? It means that our Creator God is the Father of all fathers. For every family derives its origin and its family name from Him. To bear God's name means to, we are to belong to God and we are His own people. Aren't you glad that we are all adopted to be part of this one great family of God? Tell the one beside you, we are one with God. Type in the chat right now, we are one with God. And since God is the originator of families, the only way to truly know how we should relate to one another in the family is to look to God the Father. God designed us to relate to our family as fellow image bearers. Firstly, He wants us to base on our relationships with one another on the love of Christ. Base our relationships with one another on the love of Christ. From verse 16 to 19, Paul was praying for our inner being to be strengthened, to comprehend the vastness of the love of Christ. We can't give what we do not have. When our hearts are rooted and grounded in Christ's love, it sets the foundation for all our relationships, especially with our family members. Yes, we may have different expressions of love in the various relationships. For example, from a parent to child, among siblings, or even towards close or distant relatives. But church, when we learn to see each other as God's image in love, it changes how, it should change how we will relate to them. You may say to me, Pastor, this morning, you have no idea about my strained relationship with so-and-so in my family. You have no idea what they did to me, what they said about me. We are like enemies at home. You are absolutely right. I have no idea. But the Bible commands us to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And we are to love others as ourselves. So the question today for us is, then how do we do that? So church, let's talk about love. L-O-V-E. May I propose to you that L stands for listen. L for listen. Let's learn to pay undivided attention to the other members in your family, especially if they are sharing their feelings or their perspective of things. How many of you experience that when you're trying to share your heartfelt emotions, your family members are looking at the phone as if you are there, as if you are there. But you're right there in their face sharing emotions, but they're not listening to you. They may be hearing, 
that may not be listening. Listening to them means giving your time, respect to hear them out. And we tend to offer our opinion or perspective too fast. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So church, listen more in love. And next, O. O for overlooked. We are all part of God's family. We are all flawed as a human beings as well. If we keep focusing on the faults, on the weaknesses, or even the past mistakes of the person that we care about, it will only destroy the relationship even further. I'm not so sure about you, but have you heard about quarrels that surface a past mistake that can happen some 20 years ago? Every time there's a quarrel, that incident will surface. So instead, should we, over, we should overlook their flaws, provided it is not some abuse or something unlawful. We should overlook their flaws, but focus on their good. Because as we look at their positive side, as we look at the positive side, we can also learn to the next one, V, we can voice your appreciation. Voice your appreciation. Learn to genuinely appreciate others in your families in words. Say it out. Asian culture tends not to express our appreciation and gratitude in words. We are quite shy. Or, or the older folks would say, cannot praise one, else become howlian. Cannot praise one. But church, appreciation is one of the best ways to enhance relationships. Complement the actions, the behaviour, the achievements of those you care in the family. But so often, instead of affirmative words or encouraging words, we let hurtful words slip out of our mouth. I was at a neighbourhood playground, company my, my children there with them. I heard children making angry comments to their siblings. It was quite hurting when I heard that. They said, I hope you die. You are stupid. I hate you. I don't love you anymore. And the one, the, the last one was even powerful. I wish you're not born. Serious, true story, hashtag true story. I heard this at the neighborhood playground. So church, let's control our tongue and speak love and blessings to one another. In James 3, 9, 10, it says here, with it, meaning our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Let's voice our appreciation with our lips and not hurtful words. And last but not least, E. What does E stand for? E for effort. Think about what efforts you're making on your part to show that you care and love the person in your family. The actions, the efforts must be visible and not remain as only thoughts in your head. You've got to do something. You've got to act on it. It can be as simple as bring an extra cup of coffee in the morning so that your family can enjoy it. Or even buying bread late at night so that in the morning they have something to eat for breakfast. Whatever it may be, whatever expression it may be in your family, make an effort in love. And the Bible also says this. The Bible teaches us not to sin in our anger. 
Ephesians 4 says that, do not let the sun go down on your anger and give an opportunity to the devil. Give no opportunity to the devil. So church, make every effort, every attempt to reconcile as soon as possible. So IOVE, listen, overlooked, voice of appreciation and effort. Let's base our relationship with one another on the love of Christ. Can I hear loud? Amen. Hallelujah. And secondly, can I suggest for us to relate to one another in the family is to live in peace with one another. Live in peace with one another. Ephesians 4, 1-3 says here, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Although Paul was actually in prison when he wrote Ephesians, his physical presence in the prison bore a double meaning. Firstly, he described himself as a prisoner for the Lord. He was a prisoner for the Lord, bound in custody out of his loyalty to the gospel, out of his faith in Jesus Christ. Secondly, he would also consider himself a prisoner of the Lord. He he would consider himself a prisoner of the Lord even if he had been living in freedom. And this time, he was binding himself to the chains of love. The chains of love. The point is this. He He had given up his freedom to follow Christ. He had given up his freedom to follow Christ, to live in unity with one another. And he was encouraging us to do the same. Paul beseeched us to allow the great calling of God to influence us more than our feelings, our pride, so that we can live with peace with one another. The calling here refers not only to believers' salvation. The calling to us also refers to our union in one body as we are all part of one great family of God. Paul's command to the Ephesians is also applicable to us today, church, on how we are to treat each other in the family. For example, we know that there will be friction when everyone lives together in the family. And we recognize that everyone has their own triggers for what makes them angry. I don't know about you, what are some of your triggers Perhaps you'll be triggered when you felt that your family is, is not respecting your authority at home. Or perhaps your trigger is when you felt that you, are, you, you, felt that you have been invalidated. Or when you are being interrupted as you are speaking. Or when your family members are not punctual. Or even when perhaps you are triggered when your family members don't reply to your WhatsApp messages. Whatever it may be. And how do we react when we are triggered? May I encourage all of us today that let's remember our family members as fellow image bearers of God. And we ought to extend grace to them even when we were offended. Paul appealed to us to respond with what? With humilities, with gentleness, with patience and bearing one another 
in love. We are, e- we are too eager to maintain peace and unity. And as fellow images of God, let's do that and let's maintain unity in our family together. Psalms 133 exhorts us in this. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. When brothers dwell in unity. Perhaps we can learn to live with each other differences as long as they do not provoke, insult or instigate. Perhaps we can also learn to tackle issues lovingly, to have honest conversations. This is so much needed in our Asian context, isn't it? Where we tend to avoid conflicts, we tend to avoid confrontations and let them fester. Sometimes open conversations are required so that we can live in peace with our fellow images in our families. Talking about love and peace, how many of you here have domestic helpers at home? I see many hands. How do you treat her? Do you treat her as a family member? I used to have a helper. Uh, she, was, she, she used to work in Taiwan and uh, in Hong Kong, so she could understand Chinese. So I brought her to one of our Chinese retreats some years ago. And during the retreat, she understood the sermon and she gave her life to Jesus. She received Jesus. Hallelujah. But how many of you know that justification occurs immediately? But sanctification is a lifelong journey. Shortly after she received Jesus, one day, my wife received a call from an unlicensed money lender. Well, you guessed it right. It was my helper. Turned out that she borrowed from four unlicensed and licensed money lenders. I snapped. I snapped. My utmost concern then was the safety of my three young children. That was many years ago. She even lied to the police investigator that she was tricked by her friend to borrow from the Alongs. My wife and I struggled. Struggled with how to deal with her. She was a very young Christian. She will report to the Ministry of Manpower to repatriate her back or should we give her a chance to extend love and grace to her? We prayed, prayed very hard, and we asked God for wisdom. We asked ourselves, I asked myself, what would Jesus do? In the end, we decided to forgive her and give her a chance. We even helped her to pay off, pay off her debts owed to all those licensed moneylenders. Many came to ask me, why? Why would we keep her? especially when such a trust is broken. I think it all boils down to how we see her in the family. How we see her in the family. We have considered her as one of our family members and as a fellow image of God. In the end, she was with us, with the family, for almost six years before returning to her home country to get married. God desired us to relate to our family as fellow image barrier. So firstly, we base our relationship with one another on the love of Christ. And secondly, live with one another in peace. Live in peace with one another. And lastly, can I propose that we have to honour our parents. 
we have to honour our parents. Every traditional family unit consists of a father, a mother and children. And as children, we have already received this command in Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Let's read together. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. We all know that the Bible places a huge emphasis about honouring our parents. And in our Exodus sermon series last year, we have already unpacked the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. We know that the first four commandments, the first four commandments are God's expectation of His people in relation to Himself. And then the next six commandments are His expectation of His people in relation to the human family. And the command to honour our father and mother was placed fifth, which suggests that our relationship with God must be our top priority. Then, our relationship with our parents, and finally, with others. So why is honouring our parents so important? Why is it so important? Because beyond the relationship with God as the giver of life, our parents are God's channel for the gift of life. Beyond the relationship with God as the giver of life, our parents are God's channel for the gift of life. Of life. We can learn how to be fellow images of God as exemplified by our parents. In ancient Israel, the home was the foundational social institution for learning about Israel traditions, learning about God's law, learning about morals. If we can learn how to relate to one another in the family as God's fellow image, I believe we can relate to others in the society as well. That is why it was said, families are the bedrock and fabric of our society. Families are the bedrock and fabric of our society. Families should provide a safe place where children can learn how to express their love, their honour, their respect for one another, which in turn, it will permeate how they relate to others in the societies as the image of God. But today we are seeing that there are many family violence cases out there. I would also like to say this. Our children learn how to honour parents by our actions. Our children learn how to honour parents by our actions. Have you seen how the toddlers in their walker follow their parents wherever they go in the living room? Have you noticed how their children uh, will mimic certain words and actions of their parents? I believe all of us have been through that. If we honour our parents, can I suggest to you that more likely than not, our parents, our children will also learn to honour to honor us. And honouring parents means more than just to revere or to respect them. It includes providing for them, caring for them, and it also means to listen to their wisdom in life. Proverbs, it says here in our first Proverbs, Proverbs 1, 8 to 9, it says here, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not 
your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Of course, it does not mean that we should blindly follow whatever they have instructed or teach us to do or give in to every of their demands, especially when it conflicts with the teachings and the commands of the Lord. While all humans are images of God, but not, not all are godly images. If you have godly Christian parents, which I had, Praise the Lord. They are godly Christian parents. Praise the Lord. But if they are not believers yet, then the question is, what should we do? May I suggest that there are no lesser images of God. There are no lesser images of God. You should honour them all the more to reflect God's image and let them experience the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. They may not read the Bible but they will read our lives. They may not read the Bible, but they read our lives. Honouring them does not guarantee that our relationship with them will necessarily be easier or any better. But I believe that when we persistently honour them, especially when it's not easy or comfortable, it does glorify God. It does glorify God. So what are some practical ways that we can honour our parents this morning? Can I offer you some suggestions? Number one, forgive them. Forgive them. For those of you who say, the pastor, you do not know my parents. You have no idea who they are and what they did to me. May I encourage you to honour them by forgiving them. The fact is this, that there is no perfect parents. Any perfect parents over here? There is no perfect parents. Parents could have fallen short of their children's expectations and sometimes even their own expectations, isn't it? There may be, they have, may have made unwise decisions or they may hurt you. But if our Saviour, our Lord Jesus, came to forgive all sinners, who are we to withhold forgiveness from our parents? The Bible says in Colossians, we must forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven us. We can honour our parents by extending grace and forgiveness to them. And secondly, speak well of them. Speak well of them. Another way of honouring our parents is to speak well of them. Refuse to air our dirty laundry and speak evil of them. God forbid if there is nothing positive to say, you don't have to say the negative. We honour our parents by speaking well of them when they're alive, even after they're not around. If we learn to do that, I believe that there will be lesser and fewer in-laws jokes around. Seriously. And thirdly, support and provide for them. Support and provide for them. We can also honour our parents by supporting them, not just financially, not just financially, but also other forms of love and care. We honour our parents by giving them the assurance that we will not forsake them in their old age. Just as they cared for us, we will also care for them. And it should be our responsibility and it ought to be our joy 
First Timothy 5 says here, he warns us, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Worse than an unbeliever. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. So church, in relating to our family as fellow image barriers, we need to honour our parents. That's God's command and that is His desire for us. If we, even, if we cannot honour our parents with whom we see with our eyes, how can we honour God whom we can't see? And if we cannot honour and respect our parents at home, how can we honour and respect others in the society? That, that, there is an acronym for family. It says here, family, father and mother, I love you. Father and mother, I love you. Cliché, eh? <laughs> Cliché as it is. But the question is, when was the last time we said, I love you to our parents? When was the last time? To many of us, perhaps, it was when we were still kids, young little children. When we were younger, we have no qualms about saying it to them every day. Give them a hug, say, I love you every day. But why not say it to them now and say it with all your heart to honour them? Personally, I have not said that to my mom when she was around. It was my regret. And it's only until when she was in the ICU some 10 years ago that I know that I don't have a chance anymore. I went to the ICU in Dan Tok Seng and I said to her many times, every day, she was there for 53 days. And every day, I just told her, Mom, I love you. But by then, she could not respond to me anymore. Until the day, she's gone. I wanted to say that to her many times. But it's just that something, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, there's something that just stopped us from telling her. But when I told her that I love her, I love her very much, that is in the ICU bed. I hope that will not be a regret as well. Say it to them when there is opportunity. Say it to them when there is a chance. Your parents will always be your parents. And God, among billions of options, chose this mother and this father for you. So church, will you honour God by honouring them? Will you honour God by honouring them? This morning, can I just ask those who have parents still around, for those of us who have parents still around, why don't you close your eyes right now? Why don't you close your eyes right now? I want you to picture your parents right now. Picture them in your, in, in your, in your eyes, as you close your eyes. Picture them. Their photo, how they look like. Just picture them. Go ahead and picture them all across this place. And those for, those, for those of you online as well, just close your eyes if your parents are around. Just close your eyes and picture them. I want to give you this charge this morning. 
Will you take this man and this woman, the parents that God has chosen for you to love and to honour them, to love and to honour them for as long as they both shall live? Just imagine them in your, in your eyes right now. Would you choose to love and honour them for as long as they both shall live? Church, God desire us to relate to our family as fellow image bearers. God wants us to base our relationships with one another on the love of Christ. And secondly, He wants us to live in peace with one another. And lastly, we ought to honour our parents. We must learn to see everyone in our family that carries the image of God. And God, among billions in the world, has placed each and every one of us in our own families to learn to love and honour them. So let us love and honour them as fellow image bearers of our Lord Jesus. With every head bowed today and every eye closed, I would like to pray for some of us today. I would like to pray for some of us this morning. Perhaps today, we have strained relationship with someone at home. We have strained relationship with someone at home. I don't know who it is. It could be between husband and wife. It could be with your parents. It could be with your children. Or it can be with your siblings, your grandparents, or even with your in-laws. There may be frequent quarrels, argument, where hurtful words are exchanged. Or some of you may even going through a silent war, a silent war with one another and try to avoid each other. But church, the Word of God today reminds us once again that God desires us to relate to each other in our family as fellow image bearers. Let there be love. Let there be reconciliation. Let there be forgiveness. Would you allow God to help us to amend broken relationships and to maintain the unity and peace in your family? If you desire a breakthrough, if you desire that God will come and intervene to strengthen your relationship with your family, may I invite you to lift your hands and respond to the Lord right now. Thank you, sister. I see your hand there. Thank you, brother. I see your hand there. Thank you, sister. I see your hand there. Thank you. Thank you so much. I see your hand there, brother. Thank you. I see your hand there. Would you allow God to come and intervene in your family to amend broken relationships? Yes, there may be hurtful words exchanged but we ought to love one another. Hallelujah. And for the second group this morning, I want to pray for the salvation of your loved ones. Perhaps there are pre-believers in your family and you have been reaching out to them for years, but they have been rejecting you. This morning, I want to encourage you to be strong and courageous. The Lord has promised 
in Acts 16, 31, it says here, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your households. If you have unsaved ones, maybe it's your spouse, your parents, your siblings or your children, and you want them to receive the gift of salvation, would you lift your hands and commit the names to the Lord right now? Yes, sister, I see your hand. Yes, many hands, many hands. All across this place, you have unsaved loved ones. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now and commit the names to the Lord. Hallelujah. And I invite everyone to stand right now. Hallelujah. As the worship team leads us into the song of worship, just invite those of you who have lifted up your hands earlier on, whether it's it to amend broken relationships, whether it's it to, to recover a strained relationship with someone in your family, or even for those unsafe loved ones. May I just invite you to take a step of faith to come to the altar. Our pastors, our leaders would like to pray with you. Hallelujah. Jesus at the center of Let Jesus be the center of it all. Hallelujah. Jesus at the center of it all. Hallelujah. From beginning to the end It'll always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, see it again, Jesus in the center. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the Everything 
church indeed Jesus is the center of it all I believe wherever that the Lord has placed us in our family even in our workplace everywhere that He has placed us the Lord has a call for us to be to receive this ministry of reconciliation and even as we are led into the song again let us rededicate ourselves to be that bridge to bridge people to Jesus to be used by the Lord to love those who need love to bless those who need to be blessed to care for those who are truly let us do that the center of our home Jesus be the center of our home from beginning to the end Lord we declare your presence it's always been you Jesus and in our home Jesus Jesus be the center of my home Jesus be the center Let's lift up our families right now. Let's lift up our home right now to the Lord. Jesus be the center and declare His presence. Declare His rule and reign in our families. Beginning to the end, it will always be. It's always been You, Jesus. Hallelujah.
from our hearts. You're the center of it all. 